When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me tonight is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. We will be joined later on in the show by our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber, who was there at Guaranteed Rate Field tonight for the 3-2 White Sox win over the Twins. And most importantly, the Tony Larusa and Rick Hahn end-of-season press game or post-season press conference you all good Steven I don't know what that was all right you tried to flash that score bug and they said no there was no game tonight uh we're not going to be talking too much about the game Josh Harrison hit a home run Gio Urshela what a fella hit a home run uh and then uh Steven uh, not Steven uh but AJ Pollock uh stole base got on second second and uh, was driven in by Carlos Perez who got his first RBI so That's congrats it. to Carlos Perez uh Johnny Cueto had another fantastic start in a White Sox uniform uh tip of the cap to Johnny Cueto his last start in a White Sox uniform will give him his proper Please. praise later on in the offseason but the most important thing is is Tony Larusa is out as White Sox manager in 2023. Um, he had a statement, a full press conference, and then Rick Hahn followed up with a press conference around 4 p.m. today. Herb, what was your large takeaway from the Hahn and TLR press conference? Uh, that Rick Hahn has been here for 10 seasons, and he will name another manager. Like, I don't know how many he has named, but it's at least four. Like, Ron Ventura, Ricky Renteria. And Tony Russa, I know for sure that he is named, and he gets to name another one. So, yay! Yay! Yes, uh, Rickon was named general manager in 2012 after the 2011 season. Uh, Robin Ventura was the first manager, so him and Kenny ended up hiring that one together, I believe. Um, then Rick Renteria, and then Tony Larusa, and then now this will be his fourth manager. Um, and I guess it would be. F- Four managers in eight years, I guess is how Bob Nightingale put it, ever since the firing of Robin Ventura. So let's first go to Tony. Uh, Tony did speak, and he spoke for the first time, I believe, to the Chicago media since August 30th, because he would have met the media uh, around 4 p.m., pregame and then he got his call um, at six o'clock to leave the dugout and then we've never seen him return to managerial duties um, for the Sox in 2022 so let's go to Tony Tony will explain the whole statement that was released by the White Sox he will explain what happened to him why he left and why he feels the need to not return in 2023 here's Tony Larissa I think the first thing is the pacemaker I want to give credit to Dr. C in Arizona who's with the White Sox I was down there for the mini camp and the early part of the camp before the major league camp started, and he noticed that I wasn't right. So he's the one that got me to go get checked. And had he not pushed me, I'd gone into the camp. I don't know when, if, when or if I would have had it, but 
the statement says, this February I had a pacemaker installed and was cleared by my doctors to begin spring training as scheduled. A periodic check of the device, it's mail, you send, you put it on there and they send some information, later identified a problem. So during that batting practice on August 30, 30th, I was asked to come into, into the office, I had no idea why, and I was informed of the issue. And they convinced me that there was, it was serious enough where I had to take the uniform off and I had to be tested by doctors the next day. So I went to Rice, was tested. Their diagnosis was there was a, there were issues with the pacemaker. I went to Arizona because that's where it was installed and that's where all my medical records are. So the solution was to update the pacemaker in Arizona and not to return to, as manager without medical clearance. Every year since early 90s with the A's, I would take a physical first part of February, uh, private, you know, with a private, you know, my doctor at the mail, which I did. So this preceded it. During the annual private exam, a second health issue also was diagnosed. I decided to delay confronting it until the off season. While I was inactive with the pacemaker and not a uniform, uh, it was suggested to me that maybe this is a good time rather than wait another three weeks to, to get it checked. I went and got checked. The result is they corrected that there was an issue that needed to be taken care of. So a corrective plan has been developed by my medical team and impl implement implementation has already begun. I informed the White Sox of the second issue while I was out of uniform dealing with the pacemaker. In fact, it wasn't really till a little while that uh, even my family, I, I said, thought it wasn't smart to talk about it. As I have previously stated, I continue to request privacy related to my health issues. Appreciate those who have respected that request. My prognosis, prognosis is good. I want to thank everybody who's reached out with well wishes related to my health. Now, this is important. At no time this season did either issue negatively affect my responsibilities as White Sox manager. Have you heard me say, well, two years, I learned early on you know, you got to earn respect and you got to earn trust. The only way you have trust is never, never lie. So sincerely say that anything that you saw this year as a White Sox man, it was energy, decision-making, whatever, there was nothing related to the two issues. Now, however, that I'm in the, in the uh, treatment program, it's become obvious that the length of the treatment and recovery process for the second issue makes it impossible to be the manager in 2023. The timing of this announcement enables the front office to include filling the manager position with their off-season priorities. Now I want to talk a little bit about this season. Our team's record this season is a final reality. It's always about what your record is. And people will look at it and say, well, you know, you did this, that was good, or you, know, you should have done it. Was... But it's, that's, we are our record. And it's an unacceptable disappointment. There are some pluses, no doubt, but too many minuses. And these are lessons that, were, that I was taught early on that have saved me over the years. In the major leagues, you either do or you don't. Explanations come across as excuses. Respect and trust demand accountability. And I've lived faithfully with that during my managerial career. I understand the ultimate responsibility for each minus this season belongs to the manager. That's accurate. 
because always something else he could do. I was hired to provide positive difference-making leadership and support. Our record this year is proof I did not do my job. So that's Tony LaRussa on his health in 2020 and why he will not return to the team in 2023. And like he wanted you to know, he stated it was important. His health did not mean or really reflect on why the team was so poorly. He does not want to use his health as an excuse for the team's record in 2023. Trying to take accountability there, saying that this 500 team right now is because of me and the effort that I put out as uh, a manager and, and my duties as a manager and what that involves. What do you make of the statement that Tony had? As I said the other day, it's a good way for Tony to go out and save face for himself. You heard in the statement there where he's like, you know, I would do my damnedest to come back in 2023 if not for this heart problem and the pacemaker um, causing me troubles. This is a firing or this is a uh, separation because of health, not because he deserved to get fired. No one's going to say this in this press conference where Tony actually deserved to get fired. So for him to save face, his health allows him to step away from this team instead of what it should have been is that Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, Jerry Reinsdorf should have came together and said, hey, man, I know I, did, I, know I said it wouldn't fire you again, but you didn't do the job. You're out of here because he deserved that this year. But Jerry Reinsdorf is way too nice, and unfortunately, Tony did have health problems. So they dismissed him on health, not because he was bad. Right, and I think, too, it's really important to state that tomorrow – Tony LaRusso will be 79 years old. I know some people read the statement and said, oh, there's nothing about him retiring from managing and anything else. I think it's probably just too difficult for him to say and for him to realize. And I think right now he just needs to say, I'm stepping away for 2023. But if Tony LaRusso manages for another team, I think I'd be absolutely shocked. Uh, Rick Hans talked before about how many other teams have tried to get Tony out of retirement and it never happened and why this was the perfect job for him. And it just ended up not working out. I'm glad that this chapter is over for the White Sox. Mm -hmm. It was a very ugly chapter. I think for the White Sox, it could have been uglier. Um, I think that it was a train wreck in kind of a very, very just sad way. Yep. Um, it sucks that Tony LaRusa had to leave because of his health. Um, I think that it is clear that he had to leave because of his health. I think that it is also possible that he would have been fired after the season if he maintained health, but that's a hypothetical. I think it's also difficult for Rick Hahn to go up there and be like, oh, well, we were, we were unhappy with the managerial position where I think any other fan would also say we're unhappy with the general manager position. Mm -hmm. So I think it just would be a lot of hypocrisy if Rick Hahn went up there and blasted the job Tony Larissa tried to do in 2022. So I think it's just sad because this is not where this team should have been. And with my view on managers and how I don't think they matter, this White Sox team shouldn't have been in this position regardless of who they hired in 2022. It is a really a, a I just an awful note on and just a really truly um, it's a condemnation on how bad this organization currently is right now. Exactly. And you could see Tony gets the health excuse, which he really has. But Rick is doing the announcing after and we'll play some clips from Rick on. But this team continues with the lack of accountability. Tony's not getting fired. He's going away because of health. Rick Hahn is not getting fired, no matter how disappointed, depressed, uh, frustrated he is. He's not getting fired. Who's getting fired? Nobody. This is a terrible year for this team, and nobody's paying for it. 
with their jobs. And I don't necessarily leave punitive thing, but I need something. The fans need something to say, hey, you care about actually winning. This is a team that might finish third place in the worst division in baseball. Finishing second place in the worst division in baseball is still terrible. So I don't know the hollow words we're about to hear from Rick Hahn and the hollow words we just heard from Tony Larusa. It doesn't mean a damn thing. If somebody's not going to leave this organization, we're not going to change drastically. You're just going to have the same people making the same decisions. As I said before, you got the same architects who ruined the building, building a new building. Right. It doesn't make sense, but this is our Chicago White Sox that we root for. It doesn't make sense, and I understood your point. I laid out what I want the White Sox to do after this Tony move, and you added one on and said F, fire. Rickon, and I agree with you 100%. If anyone thinks I'm, you know, feeling differently, I think Rickon oh, yeah, should have been fired. Oh, you said it as much. Yeah, you yeah, said as much I, a couple days ago. I think Rickon should be fired. I think Kenny Williams should be fired. I think the White Sox need new blood in that front office. However, it is very clear that the man who is sitting in the back of that press conference texting on his red phone, Jerry uh, Reinsdorf, is not making that type of move. Jerry Reinsdorf is keeping the way things are. And I have no control over what Jerry Reinsdorf does. And as a fan, I just need to tell myself that. When I wake up in the mirror and hate my my baseball team, I need to look at myself in the mirror and say, Jerry Reinsdorf owns the team. Anything I says, you know, say really won't matter, right? So mm-hmm. I was all against Tony La Russa being the manager of the White Sox in 2021 and in 2022, and I had no say in the fact, and I was just wasting my breath. Tony La Russa was a horrible hire. Yep. He shouldn't have been brought out of retirement, and he was only brought out of retirement because of Jerry Reinsdorf. And the only reason why Rick Hahn still has this job is because of Jerry Reinsdorf. And the only reason why he will continue to have this job is because of Jerry Reinsdorf. I have no control over Jerry Reinsdorf, and I'm not going to waste my breath over it. However, we do have to still cover this baseball team. We have to figure out how this team will move on, how they will try to move on. And I don't know if it will all be futile because I do think that Rick Hahn, compared to maybe other Jerry Reinsdorf regimes, I don't think he's as clueless as John Paxson and Gar Foreman were. I think that Rick and Kenny have a little bit more of their finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. I think a large part of what they need, though, is help. Um, Rick Hahn stated clearly in his press conference that they need help with their strength and conditioning. Um, they mentioned Herm Schneider was in the back of the press conference, and he said, uh, oh, man, just wish you know Herm was here. Uh, we wish we had a guy like that, you know, just, just running our st- staff. And he mentioned you know, adding on to that staff and building out that, that training staff. The White Sox need that. He talked about improving health and improving their luck. But what he also talked about was, um, you know, trying to find accountability and improving this team, uh, which I mean, we'll get into. Well, they had a guy who was underneath uh, Herm Schneider, Brian Ball, but they fired him. So, uh, yes. And hmm, then, and, and a lot of, a lot of circumstances oh, and a, a lawsuit surrounding that. Uh, but yeah. And, and Matt replaced uh, bringing up uh Sox machine talking about what Rick Hahn said the last time they fired a manager. And this time when Tony the leaves that position and how it's very similar. That's nothing that shocks me. I know it's nothing that shocks you. Rick Hahn usually takes the question, spits it out backwards, and just says, we're working on it. It's, there's not a lot of in-depth here. I think there's just certain clips that we will play a little bit later that give you a little bit of insight to where the Sox might lean. Rick knows how to play the media. He understands he's a very, uh, very good speaker. He's a great orator, and he smiles, gives the people a good answer. And that's why I call him Teflon Hahn, because... The media at large, not specifics, 
at large treats Rick as if he should keep his job, as if Rick Hahn is good at his job. He is not good at his job, but he's good at press conferences. He's good at telling you what you need to know. And so, yeah, he's he's a made man in this time. That The the Teflon Hahn doesn't come because of him. It comes because of the treatment of him. You act like he is somebody who's supposed to be revered, where his record says otherwise. Right. We have two winning seasons under Rick Hahn, eight losing seasons. This team just had their highest payroll in team history, the seventh highest in the major leagues. And honestly, looking at the last two games, they're probably going to finish 500. And let's go to, I think it was a great question by Jesse Rogers of ESPN of Rick Hahn in that press conference that I think addressed a lot of fans' frustration, and Rick Hahn was kind of put to the fire uh, with this question from Jesse Rogers. As you kind of said, I mean, seasons like this can cost people jobs at this level. Um, two teams in your division changed ahead of baseball ops. Are you, are you grateful that ownership has shown faith in, in your front office through a season like this? Yeah, I mean, and it's a two-way street. I mean, I'm not looking to stand up here with a blindfold and a cigarette just for fun. Like, we have to believe that we're capable of getting ourselves to the level we need and be able to critically look at the things that we didn't do well this past year and find a way to get better and feel have faith in ourselves that we're the right people. There's only 30 of these jobs, and uh, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this in my hometown. Like that's that's whether we won this division by 10 games or lost it by 10 games, I'm ridiculously blessed to be able to have this opportunity. Uh, and again, winning or losing, I don't take that for granted. Uh, but frankly. Even though I try to stay off of Twitter, I believe there's probably no one who's harder on me than I am. And when I look at a year like this, uh, that requires me to look at myself, too, and look at the way we're doing things and try to figure out, are we the right stewards to get this? Because White Sox fans, look, they've been extremely supportive throughout the start of this rebuild. They were, Tony alluded to Game 3 last year and how wonderful the support was, and, and you want to reward that. They deserve it, and if there ever got to the point where I felt I wasn't the right person in my role, I'd step aside. Um, and I'm lucky enough to, again, like you said, have the support. Uh, I mean, shows you this game. Look, two years ago, our baseball operations department was getting nods for executive of the year. A year ago, we won the division by whatever, 10, 11, 12 games. This year we were being picked to contend for the World Series and now six months later being asked whether we should be in our jobs. Like That's just part of the fun of pro sports and uh, a, fair, a fair question given pro sports and given the accountability we all want to have. Uh, but know that we ask those questions of ourselves probably more than anybody does. Okay. So, Rick, I just want to be clear. You're not on Twitter a lot. You're probably not seeing our post-game posts. We have nothing but time to ask if you are doing a good enough job. You're not. So trust me, there are two people in this world that are asking more about your job security and if you should be having a job than you. It's me and it's Herb. And I know my guy, Kerry, uh, he's really hard on Rick Hahn. true. He thinks you've been bad at your job. 
My guy Pete Han has been saying you're being bad at your job. And the Teflon Han thing, I've been calling him Teflon Rick for, like, years. But Beef Loaf, like, a couple of years ago was, like, Teflon Han. Like, fuck, it was right there. <laughs> it was right there in my hand. And Beef Loaf from the 108, good to see you in the comments right here. But, yeah, uh, no one's harder on yourself. Come on now. And I know he says that, you know, if he felt that he wasn't the right man for the job, he would leave. Come on. What does it take for you to think of that? Like, does it take another losing season next year? Then you'll say you're not the right guy for the job. No, you're always going to do this. You said at the beginning of that quote, there's only 30 of these jobs, and you're happy to have one of them in your hometown. Not your hometown, but you're happy to have one close to your hometown and no accountability for you to do this job. Pays handsomely. You don't really get your feet put to the fire. That was the toughest question in the press conference. You know, I just think that it's very, very so White Sox that a person that has had multiple rebuilds gets to do another one. I mean, that's not a really rebuild because they have a decent amount of talent on their team, but gets to do the other one and has no accountability for what he's done with this team. And there's so many excuses made for him. Well, Jerry did this. Well, Jerry did this. Well, Kenny's still there. Him. When they win the championship, if they ever win a championship, I guarantee everybody's going to give him the credit. And he should deserve it because he's the front-facing person of the White Sox. But if you are the front-facing person of the White Sox, you should get some blame, some accountability, and shouldn't have 10 years to fuck up this job. 10 years is way too much. And we said, who is it? Uh, Brian Cashman, championship. Mm -hmm. And Mike Rizzo, championship. Are the only two guys that have a longer tenure at the general manager spot than Rick Hahn currently. And it's probably the only reason why Mike Rizzo is keeping his job because that team is selling yes. right now. So they probably just don't want to go through that turnover of a, of a front office. So the only person that really has deserved to keep their job for as long as Rick Hahn has is Brian Cashman, and the Yankees haven't had a losing season since, I think, 1992 Yeah, for over 30 years. So, yeah, I, I think that you were, you're right to bring up accountability, and that is – the main time or one time that Rick Hahn was asked about accountability for his job. And Jerry really isn't asked about it. Kenny really isn't asked about it. Both of those, when they do make appearances, it's either because someone died or because it's a really um, you know important moment, uh, whether it be Kenny talking about uh, black um, involvement in baseball and increasing that or involving uh, you know black voices in front offices across Major League Baseball. Uh, I think last time Jerry Reinsdorf was on the score was when... Um, who died in around uh, uh, when not John McDonough? John, John McDonough died. John McDonough did not die. One of the front and, office and he guys. Would not be. One of the front office guys died. I think mourning his death. Um, I, for, I forget who passed away. I think it was in 2020. Okay. Um, but someone passed away, and Jerry ended up being on the score. Um, yeah. but it, it really takes a lot to get those people out speaking in front of the press, and that's why Rick Hahn is out there as a meat shield, just taking those bullets, and it's. The only reason he's going to is because he's trusted. He's trusted by Jerry Reinsdorf. The person that is keeping him in there is Jerry. And the reason why this complete thing is a mess is because of Jerry. Um, I think Rick, too, people are like, why did, why did Rick answer that way? Or, or Rick bringing it up. Like, Rick understands how lucky he is. Um, the fact that he is able to be a general manager, like he said, 
um, is lucky within itself, but also to be the manager of your hometown team um, is something extremely unique. That's a one of one situation. So of course, Rick Hahn is never going to remove himself. And I do believe him that he is pushing himself in every way to make this team succeed. But my issue is, I think Rick holds that belief, but I don't know if Jerry holds that belief. I don't know if Jerry wants to reward the fandom um, and the fans that showed out to game three. And I don't mean that in a, uh, a dis- uh, what, disrespectful way, but I think he's just running a baseball team. He's, he's not trying to go above and beyond for his fans. He is running a business, period. And I, I don't think that the White Sox fans who put in this much love, effort, and time into this team are going to get rewarded by this regime just because I, I think there is too much of loyalty in this this fan base, and I just don't think Jerry's in touch enough with this And team. what he's going to find out is the loyalty is going to run out, and you have a losing season like this. Some people are not going to show up next year. Some people are not going to renew their season tickets next year. So they can't just depend on White Sox fans being White Sox fans forever if you keep on treating them like this in this fashion where the White Sox really don't have accountability for a poor season. Yep, and it's time now to let you know that if you were going to bet on the White Sox having a poor season, the best place to do that would be PointsBet. Uh, PointsBet's bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a bet on a live same-game parlay bet. You can bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second-half over bet. With PointsBet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before, and you can build the live perfect same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. You can choose the next next outcome of the drive of the next drive and next points with points bets, lightning bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet, download the points bet app today and sign up with the code CHGO to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner, if you're not looking to support the white Sox but still want to go out to one of the games, whether on October 5th or October 4th, check out game time. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, sports, concerts, and shows. If you are looking to see Jose Abreu's potential final at-bats in a White Sox uniform, check out the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. So if you're looking to just be in the stadium, you can also get fantastic, fantastic seats. We got suite level tickets for under $40, and it was three tickets, three tickets for $40 in the 300 section at Guarantee Rate Field. We also got bleacher tickets, three for about $40. So a fantastic, fantastic deal on all of the best events events in town, whether it be concerts, whether it be Bears tickets, whether it be Bulls tickets, Blackhawks tickets, White Sox tickets, and Game Time was created by the fans for the fans and would guarantee the lowest price. Herb dealt with that and their fantastic customer support and got his credit back, saw it uh, his tickets on a different site for a lower price and got 46 bucks back um, in reimbursement because um, they 100% of uh, your ticket, they guarantee that you're going to get uh, the best price. Uh, if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the li- link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. All right, let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field. We just did a show with our guy, Greg Braggs, and he was all worried about screwing up the ad reads. I'm like, dude, I screw up the ad reads all, all the, the time. time. It's no, it's no big deal. It's all cool. Um, hopefully, people are just listening to it on one and a half speed, and they could just go through the ad reads quicker. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field and talk to Vinny Duber. You can follow RCHGO White Sox beat writer on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He has a very recent article up on All CHGO. 
talking about Tony La Russa's tenure being done with the White Sox, uh, but the White Sox woes, ample woes uh, won't be fixed simply by the manager swap. So, Vinny, you were there covering uh, Tony's uh, press conference today and Rakan's press conference. Uh, what stuck out the most to you? Uh, let's start from Tony's press conference. What stuck out the most? Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it was sad. I think we talked about it, uh, you know, on our, on our Sunday show, um, you know, how how – this is a guy who is being, you know, whether you like him or not, he, he, he was doing what he loved doing. And now he's being forced to stop doing what he loved doing and not because of any uh, mistakes that he made, uh, but because of uh, the way his health uh, is acting right now. And, um, you know, he got emotional uh, after the game. Miguel Cairo got emotional talking about him. Uh, you saw the faces of all his players sitting in the back rows of, of this room that I'm in right now during the press conference. Very serious, very sad. Um, it was not it was not um, your usual, uh, you know, change of tenure or change of regime for a pro sports team, you know, which, you know, in the grand schemes of scheme of things is very meaningless. Obviously it's just an entertainment industry, but um, this was a guy who has devoted his life to doing what he loved and uh, to uh, come to a point where he was physically not able to do it anymore. Um, it was, it was sad. Now I think at the same time, he talked a lot about this season and uh, it's difficult to split these two things up and it's difficult. It's, it's interesting almost that the White Sox did not split those two things up with press conferences, maybe on different days, talking about what happened this season versus the very serious health related subject matter that, uh, that Tony is dealing with. Um, but they didn't. And so that was the talk of today as well. And Tony La Russa for uh, the last two years has talked about how he is, uh, he believes himself to be accountable for, for the things that go wrong when things go wrong with the teams that he's managing. He, he did that today. He stood up there and said how it was all his fault and he didn't do his job and he failed and how disappointed he was that he couldn't get the job done. Um, all that stuff he said today, and it was, uh, you know, very much the buck stops at his desk and he's taking the blame for it. I'm not sure there were many people uh, in the White Sox employ who believed that he, uh, you know, deserved all the blame for it. Certainly, um, as time has gone on, uh, I think fans have even uh, changed that their tune on that, where it was all fire Tony, he needs to be fired earlier in the season. Now it's very much a wide angle look at kind of everything with this organization right now, um, and maybe folks uh, uh, realizing that Tony. That Tony uh, was only a small part of that. So, um, again, not not a happy day uh, here for the reasons I discussed earlier. Um, but when it comes to talking about what went wrong this season and, and what they're going to do moving forward, um, that is uh, that is sports stuff. And, and we're, we're, we're going to be talking an awful lot about that over the coming weeks, I'm sure. You mentioned it too, the players being in the back of Tony's uh, press conference. You sent over the audio of uh, Rick Hahn, and he mentioned even before he went into uh, taking questions and really the first thing he said before he even went into a statement, um, he mentioned, I think, Vinny, and I don't know if he was directly talking about you, but uh, he said he mentioned the players filling in the back of the room uh, basically at, at the start. Um, what was that moment like uh, seeing those players fill in? Um, and I heard that there was also a little bit of a, a meeting uh, between Tony and the players before he even spoke to the media as well. I think Han tried to fill you guys in. Yeah, apparently about 15 or 20 minutes or so before Tony came out and spoke to us, he spoke to the team and, and told them very much the same stuff that he told us, I think. Um, you know, but obviously he has a much closer relationship with them, you know, came in and, and tried to instill this family atmosphere with these guys. Uh, and, and I think that, um, you know, he basically echoed that today, that, that, that he was very much, you know, um, 
thinking about them as, as, as kind of a, a separate kind of family and, and, and talking to them in this tough moment for him as that, that he had to leave his family kind of thing. And, uh, and I think that that was reflected today. I mean, you, you saw Miguel Cairo after the game, you know, crying uh, when asked to just to react to what happened today. And, uh, you know, I, I think fans' opinions are the, the opinions that they have toward the manager of their favorite baseball team. I think the opinions of the guys in that clubhouse were toward a guy who they viewed as, as not just a co-worker, not just a boss, but, you know, a guy who did come in and instill that kind of family atmosphere. And uh, they've never had a bad thing to say about him. And I think that's been reflected by the way they talked about him today as well as over the last two years. It's been widely reported that Rick Hahn really wasn't the person that pulled the trigger on hiring Tony La Russa in 2020. What did Rick have to say about the process going forward for the next manager of the 2023 White Sox? We basically heard the same press conference that we heard two years ago. And uh, I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that as a how wild is it that we heard the same press conference that we did two years ago? Because everything that Rick, not everything, but many of the things Rick Hahn had to say today about moving forward in this manager search, the kind of qualities that they're looking for, the kind of things they want to accomplish during this process are the exact same things he said after Rick Renneria was fired after the 2020 season. And it very much did not go that way. And Rick Hahn said the day that Tony La Russa was introduced as manager, that he was surprised at the way that things turned out. I, I think, you know, he was putting it lightly and that he did not see his managerial search ending the way that it did the last time. Um, and so, of course, he's going to get up there today and say that this one will be different. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I, I believe Rakan when he gets up there and says all the stuff that he wants in a manager. He emphasized repeatedly today that they are probably not going to hire somebody who has, quote, White Sox DNA. You know, they're not. You, you can everybody watching or listening. Throw out your wish list if it has Ozzy Guillen on it. Throw off your throw out your wish list if it has AJ Pierzynski on it. We had commenter yesterday saying he wanted Jim Tomey. Uh, I mean, get just just forget about it. But. That's easy for me to say when last year I would have told you the same thing and then they go and hire not only somebody with White Sox DNA but someone who had been the White Sox manager before. So um, I, I think that there were many times earlier in this rebuild um, that Rick Hahn talked about doing away with narratives surrounding the White Sox and uh, he's repeatedly brought that up over and over again that they wouldn't do X, that they wouldn't do Y. Um, and, and he was saying, look, we've, we've done some of these things that you didn't think we would do. We, we, we launched this full-scale rebuild. We, we made that blockbuster trade with the Cubs. Uh, everything you thought that we wouldn't do, we're trying not to do. Well, that, that didn't really work the last time they made a managerial hire. It was kind of, you know, the latest in the string of Ozzie Guillen and Robin Ventura and Rick Renneria and then, and then Tony. Um, so he's going to have to go do it. He's going to go have to hire a manager that hasn't played for this team before or worked for this team before if he wants people to believe that this is going to go differently this time. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to hold their breath when he says, oh, trust me, it'll this will be different this time around. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a discredit to him, but it's just you got to go prove it. You got to go prove it because if you think the, the right guy is out there who brings a different perspective and different ideas to this organization that have been here for years and years and years, then go get them. And, and you know, obviously we know what happened the last time that, that they had a managerial search. It went completely in the opposite direction. So here they are again with another chance to get it right. 
What would you say Rick Hahn's mood was today? I know it's a sad season and a sad thing that happened before he got to the podium, so it's kind of, you know, setting the tone. But did you see, like, optimism, at least um, something different from Rick Hahn? Or you said the same press conference because that press conference was coming off a loss to the Oakland A's in the playoffs. This one's coming after a disappointing season and the manager having to step down for health reasons. Was the mood a little different, at least? Uh, when talking about Tony's health situation, he was he was visibly, you know, bummed. You know what I mean? As any, I think anybody would be. I think everybody who was in this room, reporter or not, was handling that situation with, you know, a ah, this sucks kind of situation. This you, we feel bad for you kind of thing. Um, what I would say though is that Rick Hahn was Rick Hahn when he was talking about the changes that they need to make. He was being honest. I, I think he was he he knows what's going on. I don't think uh, you know commenters are going to comment and say, well, they need to do X and they need to do Y. Why aren't they good at this? Why aren't they good at that? Well, he knows. He he just watched the season. He he knows they're bad in a lot of areas and they need to improve in a lot of areas. He used a lot of words that he normally wouldn't use because uh, you know he was describing his disappointment and frustration and and said we never want to go through this again he said this was him and kenny and jerry's most disappointing year of their careers that they've been working in this and those are decades long careers not just in baseball but in this organization in particular um so he knows the reality of what this year was which was a complete and total failure um but he's also rick Hahn, and he's gonna make you know little cracks when, you know, someone's phone rings or a little, you know, call back to, you know, our interactions in the past or something like that, or, or um, you know, and he's going to talk about uh, the off season in the way he, he normally does, which is he leaves everything on the table, the door open to everything. He, he talks about the pos- the pros and the cons of doing uh, various things. So um, I thought it was a very regular Rick Hahn end of season press conference or as regular as one could be in this very irregular season that they just had. Do you think the manager stuff that he touched upon and what they're looking for and the qualities of a new manager was the most important stuff that he's talked about in today's press conference? It's hard to it's hard to weigh the importance of these things. Um, I think yes, because I think that's going to be the dominating headline for the next few, few weeks is who are they going to hire as their manager? It's an important position, obviously, and I think that um, that is going to come before any other business. Um this press conference coming uh, two days before the season ends, in my opinion, um, was not was not great for us trying to figure out what they're going to do this winter. Um, he refused to talk about individual players. Uh, you know, he did not really want to go into a lot of specifics uh, when it came to uh, what you know. What are you going to do with? player X, player Y, player Z, he's not going to answer those questions. He, he gave us a little bit on Jose Abreu, just, you know, remains to be seen what happens there, but um, that that maybe was by design, <laughs> who knows, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of individual player questions about this team, about this roster, and those couldn't be asked today. So when it comes to creating a roadmap for the offseason for the White Sox, not in terms of what they should do, but in terms of what they are trying to do, that's likely going to wait over a month before we get that until the GM meetings roll around and, and he's able to talk more on specific guys and specific areas of need. Right now, it was a lot of words for uh, basically we need to get a lot better. And, uh, you know, I think that's obviously very true. He didn't say anything that wasn't true. Um, but, yeah, no no decisions coming on the coaching staff until they hire a new manager. Uh, just a lot of things that are kind of left up in the air. No real concrete answers. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I think by default it has to be what are they looking for in a manager because moving forward that's the number one item on the to-do list. 
And since uh, Rick said that uh, Kenny and Jerry will be a part of this decision for the new manager, do you ever think that those two guys individually will speak to the media as about their wants and needs? As, and if they hire a manager, will they step to the podium and say, hey, this guy did this, that, and the other, and this, this is why we wanted him as the manager? I love Rick speaking because he is the front-facing guy. You know, I don't agree with all of his moves, but I would love to hear from the two guys who are directly above him. You're probably not going to, Herb. Uh, that's just kind of the way this thing works. Uh, they, they, they chose to have one voice, and uh, I, I think that that's, there are positives to that, but you're right. There are negatives to it, too, and that's that there is a brain trust, uh, uh, really, of three guys, and we're only hearing from one of them. Um, it, it's a shame, I think, uh, you know, but at the same time, I've been asked this question a few times over the last couple of days, you know, why won't why won't Jerry speak on this? Why won't Jerry speak on this? What is there to be gained by Jerry speaking on this? Um, I think every White Sox fan uh, out there, certainly that I've seen comment, uh, I, I'm not going to make it a blanket 100% statement, but um, uh, whatever he would say, uh, they are not going to be happy with. Uh, and so from a PR standpoint, it makes sense. Now, should we hear from the guy? Absolutely. He's the owner of the team. It'd be great to hear what, uh, you know, the insight into the decision-making, especially on a day like today where Rick Hahn is basically asked, did you consider firing yourself or something, you know, you know, to paraphrase a question, you know, or, or to, or even just like, how do you guys show accountability in, to yourselves. And, you know, he, he had a very long answer about how he feels very grateful to be in the position he is. He's glad to have the support. He, he, he is rooting for this team's best interest. And if, uh, you know, he felt that he wasn't putting them in the best position, he would step aside. Well, that's great, Rick, but you know, we got to hear, we we've heard from you in the past about why a manager, a manager wasn't getting it done. We, if we need to find out the, the reasons that, um, you have been left in your position. You're not the person making that decision. Uh, so, you know, it, Jerry should speak on that in that regard, but I'm not sure if there's a benefit to him doing so. Yeah. I, I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf even wants to do that. I think that would probably be, if you made a list of things Jerry Reinsdorf wants to do, that would be last is speak to you guys. No offense um, because you know, Jesse Rogers is going to ask him why he hasn't fired people yet. Um, but I, I think, I think that was probably the oddest moment. My, my favorite moment was just Jesse asking that question just because it was out of nowhere. Um, Rick also spoke about injuries. Do you feel like you got yeah. a, a clear path of how the White Sox might solve these injuries and I, I liked your question too about how do you evaluate some of these younger players like I believe you were thinking Jimenez Robert on you know how do you evaluate some of these injured guys uh, who are so youthful and seem to have you know such great potential yeah I don't think we did really get a clear answer on that we've heard that there are going to be some changes made some additions made to the medical staff perhaps but in terms of you know what the specifics are I'm not sure we heard too much about that um, but yeah it, it certainly was a thought uh, that you know these guys have uh, played so many uh, years their their ten years in the major leagues are, are are long enough that you should be able to have a full picture of what they're capable of doing and yet the number of games does not line up with that because of injuries and so uh, you know if you're going forward Rick said that they're not going to take breaking up this core via trade off the table that that's something they have to consider moving forward um, he spoke very honestly about that but they have to figure out then who they're going to do that with. And the injuries have hampered Aloy Jimenez. They've hampered Yohan Moncada. They've hampered Luis Robert. They've hampered Tim Anderson. And at what they've hampered Michael Kopech, who I guess, you know, if you look at the pitching side. Um, and so if you're going to say, 
we need to decide here right now who's going to be part of this moving forward and who isn't. Do you have a clear picture of what those guys are going to give you? He basically said in response to that question, you know, we're pretty cons- we're pretty convinced that some of the injuries that they've uh, they've had are, are freak injuries, are not something that is going to uh, uh, hamper them every year moving forward for the rest of their career, not a chronic injury. And so we feel that the talent, you know, should match with going forward with the idea being that they're not going to be hurt. But as you've seen the last few years, that's a very uh, unrealistic way to move about it with these guys, even if hope and hopefully they don't have any more severe injuries or significant injuries that keep them out for a long period of time. But up until this point, that hasn't been the case. And if you're going to be evaluating which of those guys need to stay on your team and which of those guys can go, if you need to make a, a critical move uh, for the future of your franchise, it's going to be very difficult to do. And this last thing I got for you, Vinny, and I just need some clarification. This wasn't necessarily an end-of-the-season press conference, even though it kind of seemed as such, because you're naming Tony LaRusso that he's got to retire because of health reasons. Rick kind of goes through his uh, his wants and needs for manager, but he doesn't say who's safe as manager or coaches. He doesn't say, you know, which players are safe and all that stuff. Do you expect Rick to have another one of these in like a couple weeks and then another one after that to name the actual manager? No, this was it. This was the end of the season press conference, and it was just very um, nonspecific in a lot of areas uh, for the reasons that Rick laid out, but – you would like to think that maybe had he waited until Thursday or Friday that he could have gotten a lot more specific. Uh, that didn't happen, probably because they wanted it to line up with with the uh, Tony's announcement. Um, but yeah, that did not happen, uh, and uh, and I would not expect Rick Hahn to talk again until the manager is announced. Well, and I just w- wonder how weird you think it is covering beats in your past. I mean, Tony Larusa didn't have to make this announcement today, or it feels like he didn't have to make this announcement today. Like it feels like he could have made this announcement on the sixth or the fifth um, when this season ended. Do you think it was weird how they had this um, conference kind of lead off the series rather than at the end of the series? Weird. I. I mean, I, it's hard to say. That there were year during during the darkest days of the rebuild, they would do these. On the, during the last series of the season and and Rick would get specific because uh, you know like if they were coming down to this if this still uh, you know this series was to determine whether they were going to go to the playoffs or not like okay I get that you don't want to announce all this stuff uh, uh, that you're going to do moving forward when there's still something to play for but in this case there isn't um, you know I, I don't want to make an opinion, I don't really want to have an opinion based on what uh, they should have done with a press conference. That's not my job. And my job is just to tell you what happened. But the, the point being that to come out for your end of the season press conference and say, there's a lot that I can't talk about because the season's not over yet is weird to me. Yes. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the idea is that the media would all be here because there's a game today. You know what I mean? They don't want to call everybody back for a day where there's not, they're not going to be here anyway. I, I have no idea. That would just be speculation. Um, I would think that, uh, again, maybe they don't want to do it because they don't want to tell us. But uh, my thought would be that the way that you could transmit the most information would be to maybe just wait two more days, three more days. But if that's not when uh, the death that didn't align with the schedule of, of, of Tony or whoever else, then, then that's fine. There's probably some behind-the-scenes logistical stuff that uh, that I'm not privy to that might have impacted the decision today. But like I said, uh, we're probably not going to hear from Rick again until until a new manager is in place. 
Yeah, and I was looking, uh, you brought up how they've kind of done this, you know, earlier on, uh, even before the season, you know, ended, you know, kind of like in 2019, 2018, how they kind of done it earlier in the season. Um, yeah, that, that was more what I was looking forward to. It, weird in that way, um, or, or at least uh, it, it's not too out of the ordinary. Uh, the final thing I had for you was you brought up the trade question to Rick, and we'll play the full um, answer a little bit later. Um, but there was snippets and tweets uh, that really just clipped we're not going to be able to just throw money at the problem, which I felt was unfair to Rick in that full answer. Um, just kind of talking about their openness to traits. I would just say my biggest takeaway from the Rick Hahn press conference is that they're open to anything, whether that be Jose Abreu coming back and them keeping Andrew Vaughn, whether that be letting Abreu walk and trading Andrew Vaughn, whether that be trading Tim Anderson, Liam Hendricks. You know, it, it just seems like if there is a way to improve this team, the White Sox will explore it. Yeah, that's true. And I think they usually go into off seasons with that mindset. That being said, they probably weren't planning to go into this off season with that mindset. They were probably hoping that this would be this core is, is, is on a roll and they're still doing, you know, they're still getting toward the place that we want to go. There's no reason to make big change. Um, now that there is reason to make big change though, I think that they, they have to return to that everything on the table mindset. Uh, very unfair the way that, 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 little teeny piece of that quote really split up that uh, really uh, latched was latched onto by a lot of people on social media. Um, they're really missing the one word there, which is just, uh, we can't just throw money at the problem. We can't only throw money at the problem. Um, but I will say this, uh, this is a team that just committed the most dollars to its team in the history of the team. Uh, and this is what happened. Uh, they might not look at, um, you know, throwing another, hundred million onto the, onto the pile as the way to solve this. Um, that doesn't mean that they won't, uh, be considering that kind of a contract or anything like that, but, uh, certain let's put it this way. People have, people reacted to that quote the way they did for what I think is mostly, uh, an unfair reason, but you know, as what, what, do, what do they always say? There's a little truth behind every joke kind of thing. Um, and so I think that reaction is probably about, uh, you know, a team that has a history of not necessarily, uh, you know, handing out those kind of monster contracts that you see from other clubs, not even saying that that's the way that this team or that team or any team should go. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I get the reaction. Uh, I don't think it was fair to say, to read into it, that it is some sort of, uh, you know, announcement that they're going to be out on any free agents before free agency even happens that certainly won't be the case yeah and you were on top of it i think recently when you talked about looking ahead towards the 2023 roster on com, talking about Moncada and grandal i think that's also a part of this too like if you think the catcher is a problem and you think third base is a problem well just throwing money at that those positions doesn't mean those problems are going to go away it just means you're throwing money at that position but you still got to figure it out if you let grandal and Moncada walk so um there's just a lot of issues <laughs> with the white Sox, and like you said you can't only throw money at it you can follow Vinny on twitter at Vinny duber um he has his most recent article posted about Tony LaRusso's press conference and how the White Sox will address that managerial position on allchgo.com. Uh, anything else you want to let the people know about Vinny? Yeah, got another one coming tonight. So, uh, or so if you're listening to this when you wake up tomorrow, there'll be two on the site. Uh, big one. What we learned, everything we learned from from Rick Hahn's press conference about the managerial search, about the off season. Uh, as I just went through, not maybe not a ton of specifics, but I tried to pick out the most salient salient details, as is my as is my task, as is my job. So hopefully, uh, uh, you guys can check those out uh, online uh, whenever you're uh, whenever you're awake, uh, be it tonight or tomorrow.
Another fantastic job by Vinny Duber. Uh, great job by you. Follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer there live at Guaranteed Right Field. Thanks, Vinny. All right, guys. Good night. And, Vinny. and live from Target Field. I mean, that guy's got all Everywhere. the cool assignments. Um, shout out to Vinny. Uh, let's tell you about FOCO, Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with the hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for non-off presale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, for all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off at FOCO, F-O-C-O, or you click the link in the description, the FOCO link in the description um, to check out FOCO. And they got some great bobbleheads over there. I think we got a Justin Fields back one uh, that we picked up at FOCO. There's a lot of great White Sox ones as well. So head over to FOCO and get your latest fan apparel over there and again check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com if you're not a member go to allchgo.com members get access to all of our writings at allchgo.com Vinny's got an article already talking about Tony La Russa stepping down like he said he's going to talk about what we learned from the Rick Hahn press conference on allchgo.com members also get access to our chgo discord uh, where you get to chat with all of our chgo personalities and you get a free shirt as well um, at the chgo locker you can check out chgolocker.com and you could choose the shirt that you want um, i just picked up two of the uh, chgo scripts in uh, the south side colors so excited to get those to my family members so they can rock their swag yeah and uh i mean i don't know if we could tell the people because they can't get it for public presumption but we're going to get some nice-ass uh, well, yeah. s- sweatshirts. Uh, it's going to be coming soon. They missed out on that deal. If it, uh, They could have had that points bet deal. But, I'm uh, going to be rocking it in a couple weeks. I'm excited for you. I, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about pulling it on the crew neck, but I didn't. Um, and Pull the trigger. It was quick as hell. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, let's go to the final stuff from Rick Hahn. Uh, we do have a little bit more. Um, and I do want to just go to somebody, I think, in the questions earlier, asked, like, who gave Rick Hahn nod for executive of the year? Um, Rick Hahn in 2020 was named executive of the year by uh, Sporting News. So the Sporting News named him executive of the year in 2020. So Rick Hahn wasn't making anything up. He wasn't just saying, oh, I had, I got an award. Um, he did. He actually got an award. Um, and we do have a Super chat from our guy Jaxo. $50 super chat. I'm glad Tony is stepping down because he was putting the team in the headlines for the wrong reasons, like intentionally walking Trey Turner and making the first outfield triple play. So now Han can address now the needs of the team. Um, I agree. Um, And I think one thing that was kind of lost, and thank you, Jaxo, for the continued support. We really do appreciate you um, always dropping your super chats, and we uh, we appreciate that. Um, And I think you make a good point. I, I think, I forget who made it, but it was one of my favorite points about the White Sox is, when they were watching Field of Dreams and the Yankees-White Sox game, it was nice to just fade into baseball. And it was the White Sox versus the Yankees. It was simple baseball. There wasn't a lot of graphics. There wasn't a lot of, you know, analytics. It was just, let's watch this nice little baseball game in Iowa. And one of the reasons why it was so simple was because there wasn't that storyline to follow of, here's Tony La Russa in the dugout. Tony La Russa wasn't at that game, nope. the corn game, as he lovingly calls it. Um And I just think that this will now just take away some of the negativity. And Tony has talked about, and he talked about it again today, taking away himself out of the clubhouse if he was going to ever cause a distraction and how he kind of felt in 
moments there, especially when he was out, that he might not even return to the team if he was medically cleared because he might have been causing a distraction or would have been a negative um, impact on the clubhouse. And I do think, even if he wasn't really aware of it, and clearly the, the players loved him, I do just think he brought the wrong vibe and the wrong energy to the clubhouse. So I do think Jaxo is right just because I think the team can now focus on ball. And I, I think that Tony put out a weird vibe and... As Liam Hendricks said today, that he's looking for an authoritarian as a, a, a manager. I would assume that Tony Larusa would have been an authoritarian, so hearing that was kind of odd. Yep. So I just don't think I, I don't think he brought the right energy. And I think that if the Sox can find the right energy, Han can do his actual work in the offseason, that maybe we will see a more representary product out there on the field. But I don't know if that is going to mean World Series or you know that that grandiose success. Yeah, and for me, yes, I would love to have another World Series appearance for the White Sox, a World Series victory for the White Sox would be awesome. But I know that's not very realistic. There's all these teams that are battling for the same thing that you want. So I just want my team to compete every year, to be in the playoffs, to show progress. As we always say, it's process over results. If you in the offseason, Rick Hahn, would have had a better offseason – Maybe this season, 2022, would have been a little bit better no matter what happened with um, what happened with Tony LaRusso at all. That's oh, fine. Um, so, yeah, I just don't understand why or why that Rick Hahn gets to get another chance at doing this whole thing. It's just very weird for me to have him be the guy that gets to pull the trigger on another manager. And the thing that I found that, just weird today is that Rick after Tony Larusa talks, Rick pretty much says, yeah, we don't want anybody old like that. We want only, you know, guys who have been in some baseball clubhouse that's been championship. That's had analytically based. Yeah. It has some old school mentalities, but no, like Tony just spoke. And we had the Liam Hendricks thing where Liam's like, we need an authoritarian. And then Rick's like, hmm. And we also need this thing where it's not Tony LaRusso. We want the opposite of Tony LaRusso, a guy that's got recent baseball experience in a winning clubhouse. So to me, that spoke of Joe Espada. A little less of uh, Carlos Beltran because he hasn't been recently in a clubhouse. Never been a manager. Because he got fired after he got hired as a Mets manager. But those type of guys, right when he said that, I was like, he's thinking Joe Espada. He's thinking of uh, Carlos Beltran. He's thinking about your guy, George Lombard. Guys who are analytically inclined. Guys who are more of what he would have done. Or even A.J. Hinch. Hell, the Detroit Tigers probably don't like an A.J. Hinch too tough. The White Sox want to make that move, and Rick Hahn finally gets his white whale. I think he would love to have A.J. Hinch here if the Tigers allow him to go here. Well, that, and that was a guy Rick Hahn wanted, and apparently they didn't even interview him. Uh, you bring up what Rick Hahn was looking for qualities in a manager. Um, let's hear what Rick Hahn wanted in, or is looking for uh, in the qualities of a new manager uh, now. The right candidate is someone who has recent experience in the dugout uh, with an organization that has contended for championships. Uh, ideally, it's someone who... Uh, is an excellent communicator, is someone who uh, understands the way the game has grown and evolved in the last uh, decade or so, but at the same time, obviously, uh, respect for 
uh, old school sensibilities is going to be important as well. Uh, one thing that perhaps uh, breaks from the mold of at least the last few hires, uh, having a history with the White Sox, having some sort of connection to White Sox DNA is by no means uh, a requirement. Uh, I will say in, in Somebody's getting a phone call from a healthcare provider in Elmhurst, if you need that. Uh, I will say the one exception to that is that Miguel Cairo, uh, based on how he has performed in his, in his acting manager, uh, absolutely is deserving of an interview and will receive one. Uh, however, outside of Miguel, uh, having that history with the White Sox is not necessarily uh, a characteristic that was we're looking for this time. Qualities that they're looking for also to the people that are watching on YouTube. I am okay. I just rubbed my eye and my contact popped out. So I needed to go put it back in. You know, you got to be able to see when you're reading comments. Uh, but that's Rick Hahn. And I think the thing that probably gives people the biggest relief and Vinny ended up mentioning it was you don't need White Sox DNA to be uh, this manager, Thank right? You. you don't need to be Tony La Russa. You don't need to be Robin Ventura. Rick Renteria really didn't have White Sox blood or dna but he was still the bench coach under rick renteria um so you could go robin back Ventura, yeah um yeah and then you know before robin it was ozzy so i mean yeah. that, that's that's white Sox blood right there um like the true last manager not to have white Sox ties was jerry Manuel. so it's been a very very long time for the white Sox not having that type of guy in the managerial role i think it's good to hear that but again we heard that two years ago that the white Sox knew that they were being very insular so what does it mean I hope it means that he actually gets to put forth the candidate. I heard him in the press conference. There'll be collaborative between him, Jerry, and Kennedy. I hope that Rick is the point man in this one. And all he has to do is bring these guys back, who the candidates he wants, for final interviews with Jerry and Kennedy. That's it. If you're going to give him the front-facing responsibilities of answering all these damn questions got to give him the responsibilities of hiring the manager. So, yes, at the last second, you sign the checks, Jerry, and Kenny's above you. But, no, I don't – yeah, he doesn't need your input. If you think of him as a baseball guy, you think of him as your general manager, give him the responsibility of hiring and firing the manager. And I think if he was given that responsibility last time, he would have probably found the right guy. I would have disagreed with A.J. Hinch because of the scandal – and I think that his championship was, and I still don't think his championship is of, you know, should be looked at as positive. Mm. He cheated. They cheated. That is not a thing that he should be lauded for. Now, in subsequent years with the Tigers, they have not done much with him. So this time around, if he gets his opportunity to hire the right person, I want him to hire the person. And I feel great that he says, and he's listening to us. He's listening to White Sox fans. He understands that they're way too insular. Look at up and down that damn roster and up and down the minor leagues. Chris Getz, uh, Nicky Delmonico, uh, who's the pitcher who started the whole uh, John uh, Boy thing? Danny Farquhar. If you play for the White Sox, you've got a job for life. I mean, we got people all up and down the organization that are all White Sox people. The dude who runs the White Sox Bulls Academy is yeah, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Huff. Huff. Mike Huff, yeah, and... You know, all these players were from different varying levels. Mike Goff was a all right player, not that great. So it's good to have somebody else brought in from a different organization to say, 
what you're doing here is wrong. What we did in XYZ place where we won a lot of championships is this. We should do that here. Implement more people in your staff, more scouts in your staff, more analytics in your staff, more medical people in your staff, better better people instead of Shelly fucking Duncan in the, on your bench, better people than uh, Daryl Boston and uh, Joe McEwing as your first and third base coaches. If you think those are just negligible uh, positions, get better people. Those guys do not do a good job at the jobs that they currently have. So I'm glad that he feels that this organization has way too much. Said Mike Hunt. God damn it, Alex, Alex Rude. I uh, said that. You said Mike Hunt? Yeah, I knew it was Mike <laughs> H.U. So I was like, is it Hunt? No, it's not Mike Hunt. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that for a while. But, yeah. Mike he, Huff. I'm glad that he feels that you need to get somebody with an outside opinion that has an outside perspective on baseball instead of the White Sox perspective on baseball. And hopefully he allows that person to direct some things in this organization that have been wrong for a long time. Yeah, Jack's coming in with the Super Chat saying we need to hire a great manager um, and he needs to be young, not old. I think the White Sox will look for somebody who is – uh, young or at least younger than Tony LaRusso, which should be easy to find. Um, I know Bruce Bochy has been floating out there. I would scratch Bruce Bochy off the list. I think he probably is the closest to what they're looking for, as in a managerial or a manager with experience from a contending organization. But it's also recent, and I, I don't think that Bruce Bochy's recent enough. I saw somebody rudely bring up Joe Girardi um, just because he has championship experience um, and was recently a manager, but I don't think Girardi will be that guy. Um, I, I really don't think it's going to be somebody that you know, and I don't think it's going to be somebody with managerial experience. I think Espada is a fine name. I think Lombard's a fine name. Um, people bring up Quattraro uh, uh, um, from the Rays bench coach. Um, so I, I think... Those are some of the names you could look at, but I don't think we're going to get a clear enough view. And as Vinny was saying, like, it didn't really seem like the White Sox gave, it, gave any leans on where they're actually going. It was basically repeating what they said last time. So if we want to go back to last year, who we thought, or last time, and, and go to the managerial searches and, and those candidates, um, I think the names that probably bringing up or at least consistent are probably Spada and maybe even Beltron. And I wouldn't hate but Beltron. Um, someone said cheating's a plus. I'd agree. Um, I mean, I mean, if, they, you're, if you're looking for ways to win, look for every way to win, whatever. I mean, theoretically, those guys and the team never got really punished. Only one that got punished is A.J. Hinch. People, the, the check's cleared. The rings are still on the fingers. The banner still flies. So, yeah. Ask anybody in Houston. They you, ain't cheat. cheating, you, ain't, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But also, I like to win this stuff on the on the level. Yeah. Um, and uh, Eduardo saying retirement age is 65 unless you're the president or White Sox manager, uh, which is true. Uh, Stephen Gottwright uh, also dropping a super chat. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, saying thanks for the great season coverage. And we will continue to bring you season coverage even during the offseason. Uh, we have more on Jose Abreu's future and the trade comments, but I think this is enough. I, I think yeah. I think this is a lot to digest. Um, we'll leave this about the manager and then we'll go back and talk about Jose Abreu um, and Andrew Vaughn and possibly some of the younger pieces that could get traded. Uh, we'll touch on that tomorrow. We'll have a post game for you tomorrow uh, right after the White Sox twin games end. So make sure you come back and join us for that. We'll continue to talk about managers. We'll probably be putting together some sort of a list for you as well with some possible candidates, maybe even a power tier of the guys that we like. Maybe Herb and I will take 
some time and put that together. But make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, thank you, everyone, for the massive support uh, for us today. It was fun to play some Rick Hahn, uh sound, so we want to give credit to Vinny Duber for being out at Guaranteed Rate Field and sending that over. We do appreciate that. And uh, think the final thing that we should end on is uh, obviously thank you to all the fans that have been supporting us this year. But uh, also, this is the final episode that we will have to talk about Tony Larusa ever, 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 ever again. Thank Jesus. Yay. That actually makes me feel really good. Um, and I know that it is sad. And we, we mentioned that it is sad that he is stepping away for health reasons. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think that Tony LaRusso was a good hire. I said that back on October 28th before he was even hired. And I, I think sitting back here, we were right, Herb, on October 3rd. And I, I, I want to say this. I hate that I was right. Because if I was wrong, Tony LaRusso would have been a World Series champion with the White Sox. And I wouldn't have bitched about it. Right, I would. I, I want. I wanted them to prove me wrong, and they proved me dead right. And I hate being right, especially about the White Sox, because it usually means a pessimistic take is being right. You know, if you followed me, I am not afraid of doing a mea culpa. I said Jose Abreu should have not been signed back before he was signed back this last time. I said I was wrong. Won the won the MVP the next year. I will say when I'm wrong, but the White Sox very rarely prove me wrong. Very rarely, and I would have. Love to Tony Lewisa, Jerry Reinsdorf to prove me wrong there. I would love for Rick Hahn to prove me wrong that he doesn't deserve his job ever. Please prove me wrong. And I will come on this platform and say that Rick Hahn is the greatest and he deserves his job. Good job, Rick Hahn, what you did. If he has a good offseason, no, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to get fired. I will give him credit where credit's due. Well, and Rick did mention, too, I think, uh, you know, that he needs to regain the fans trust and that the players and the team as a whole and the organization needs to regain fans trust. And I, I'm at least happy that they're coming from that uh, viewpoint because well, it, allow these fans to ask you questions at Sox Fest. Yeah. If you need to regain questions, take some tough questions, take some actual questions from these fans who are paying money to attend Sox Fest. Let them ask you questions. If you want to regain some trust shit, put him and Jesse Rogers in a room. Apparently Jesse Rogers going after the man's job. Uh, but anyways, follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ackner 23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Again, thank you to Vinny Duber for joining us from guaranteed rate field and sending in that audio and for writing uh, some posts already uh, on Tony LaRusso's retirement. And uh, later on uh, what we learned from Rick Hans press conference at all Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing this show. And thank you to everybody for hanging out with us in the YouTube chat. Again, we'll be back here tomorrow after the White Sox-Twins game. Thank you, Fleetwood Mac, for the 1979 album. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.